Introducing Christianity to Mormons, a new book by Mormonism Research Ministries' Eric Johnson and published by Harvest House Publishers is a resource that'll help you share your faith with Latter-day Saint friends and loved ones. Order your copy of Introducing Christianity to Mormons at mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Do Mormons believe that they are to become gods in the next life? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. The past couple of broadcasts, we have been talking about this concept in Mormon theology where men can become gods. And many times Christians are frustrated when they talk to their Mormon friends about this. It's not uncommon that the Mormon will actually deny that that is even a part of their doctrine. I think one of the things that we as Christians need to do is be careful on how we ask the question, because sometimes I think Christians might ask it this way, do you believe that you will become God without the A in front of it? And by using that kind of a language, the Mormon can honestly say, no, I'm not going to become heavenly father or Elohim. Yeah, we're not going to replace him or anything like and, that. And so I think that's a misunderstanding. And then the Christian may walk away saying, see, they don't teach this. But you have to ask, do you believe that you will become exalted and become like God? I think asking that question and see what they say. And the reason why we are going to these notes is because the point we're trying to make is, is this is what Mormon students are being taught at Brigham Young University. These notes are taken directly from a class that is taught by Bruce Satterfield at Brigham Young University, Idaho, a class titled Building an Eternal Marriage, Religion 235. So if, in fact, Mormons do not believe that they will become gods in the next life, why then is Bruce Satterfield teaching this very concept to his students. And you know what he's citing? He's citing the very quotations that we would go to, these primary sources. This is a two-unit class at a church university. They're going through a book called Eternal Marriage Student Manual, Religion 234 and 235. They're just dealing specifically with Religion 235. Who takes the classes, I'm not exactly sure, but there are a lot of students who have and speak very highly of Bruce Satterfield. So this is not just somebody who just taught one class. He's taught a number of classes, and he's giving us these quotes that we can cite as what Mormonism is teaching. Now, what we are quoting from is actually one of the reading assignments that this professor has for his students. And we're merely going through the quotations that he has included in this reading assignment. We have not gathered these quotations together. This is something that this teacher has put together, and this is what the students are supposed to be reading. And so far, he cited a few handbooks. He cited a Mormon apostle. He uh, cited Gordon B. Hinckley. He cited Brigham Young. I would say those are pretty good sources well, to cite. And we ended yesterday's show by quoting from Dallin H. Oaks, and that was from a general conference message of October 2000 and printed in the Ensign, November 2000, pages 32 through 34 in a uh, talk that he gave called The Challenge to Become. Well, now he's going to cite Joseph Smith. And he writes this, Satterfield does. In 1832, Joseph Smith revealed that those who obtained exaltation in the celestial kingdom are, quote-unquote, priests and kings. 
and he's getting that from DNC 7656. In 1844, he explained that this was a process through which each learned godhood. Quote from Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, pages 345 to 346. Joseph Smith said, Here then is eternal life, to know the only wise and true God. And you have got to learn how to be gods yourselves and to be kings and priests to God, the same as all gods, capital G, have done before you, namely by going from one small degree to another and from a small capacity to a great one, from grace to grace, from exaltation to exaltation, until you attain to the resurrection of the dead and are able to dwell in everlasting burnings and to sit in glory, as do those who sit enthroned in everlasting power. Now, that's from Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon movement. He taught that. This is where it goes back to. In fact, a lot of the unique teachings of Mormonism go back to either Joseph Smith or Brigham Young. He goes on to cite President Hubie Brown. This is what Hubie Brown says of the first presidency. When a man and a woman undertake to build a home, not merely a house, and rear a family, they lay the foundation of what may become an eternal and ever-increasing kingdom over which they may preside as king and queen forever. Celestial marriage enables worthy parents to perform a transcendently beautiful and vital service as priest and priestess in the temple of the home. This training will help to prepare them for the exalted position of king and queen in the world to come, where they may reign over their posterity in an ever-expanding kingdom. And that's from You and Your Marriage from 1960, pages 191 and 193. Did you catch that last line where it says, where you may reign over their posterity in an ever-expanding kingdom? The Mormon Church has been a little foggy on that issue lately, where they've been trying to downplay the idea that when Mormons do become gods, that they will also receive as their reward their own world. Of course, they try to use the word planet as if we don't believe that we are going to get planets. Although Mormon leaders have certainly used words like worlds and earths, Orson Whitney actually used the word planet, but here it certainly sounds like that's what they're anticipating. This training will help to prepare them for the exalted position of king and queen in the world to come where they may reign over their posterity in an ever-expanding kingdom. Well, isn't that what Mormons believe about the one they call Heavenly Father? The one they call Elohim? Isn't this his kingdom that's ever-expanding? Of course it is in a Mormon context. And Bill, I want you to note the terms that are being used for the husband and wife. You have the term king and queen, and think about it. What's a king and queen receive? The adoration of the people. And who are the people? That will be their posterity. This will be the ever-increasing kingdom that you're talking about, their family, their children, and hopefully they will have their children worshiping them in a glorified way. Yeah, it's a doctrine called eternal increase. In fact, Orson Pratt in his book, The Seer, was very clear about that, that when a Mormon does become a god and he gets his own world, that his offspring on that world will pay homage to them as God, like Mormons right now pay homage to God the Father, who is the God over this particular world. He goes on to cite President John Taylor. This is what Mr. Satterfield says. It says, what a glorious possibilities, and there's obviously a, uh, a problem with the uh, tense of the verb, lay within the reach of all who enter into the sacred marriage relationship and remember what they are trying to become. 
And then he quotes President John Taylor, who urged us never to forget the aim of our marriage. This is what John Taylor says. Have you forgotten who you are and what your object is? Have you forgotten that you profess to be saints of the Most High God, clothed upon with the Holy Priesthood? Have you forgotten that you are aiming to become, and he's underlined that, kings and priests to the Lord and queens and priestesses to him? So basically, we find very clearly that this is the goal of the faithful Latter-day Saint, is to receive this exalted position. And of course, godhood is the part of the package. Now, in his reading assignments, Mr. Satterfield also has another list of articles that students are supposed to read. One of them is titled The Divine Potential of Man. What does that have to say? All he's going to do here are list quotes of the different leaders who have taught about the divine potential of man. So let me read some of these, and then maybe we can comment on them. And so under the category man, the offspring of God, he quotes Lorenzo Snow from Teachings of Lorenzo Snow, page 4. Snow writes, Our spirit birth gave us godlike capabilities. We were born in the image of God our Father. He begot us like unto himself. There is the nature of deity in the composition of our spiritual organization. In our spiritual birth, our Father transmitted to us the capabilities, powers, and faculties which he himself possessed, as much so as the child on its mother's bosom possesses, although in an undeveloped state, the faculties, powers, and susceptibilities of its parent. So because we're the offspring of God, we have the potential of being what he is. Is that the impression that he seems to be giving? It certainly sounds like it to me. The idea that we're gods in embryo, I mean, that that whole idea in an undeveloped state, which, again, that's been used with the uh, embryo part. Catch this again. The faculties, powers, and susceptibilities of its parent. Uh, Our friend Aaron likes to ask Mormons the question, could God have ever sinned? And he finds that probably half or more have no problem suggesting that God might have been a sinner because he did die. When he was in mortality. They don't believe he sins now, but but when he was immortal. In his previous life, how did he get to this stage of godhood? He very well may have sinned, God being a sinner, which for those of us who are evangelical Christians, that is heresy, that's blasphemy to suggest that God as perfect as he is, ever once was a sinner like you and me. But we can understand why a Mormon might find comfort in that type of a thought, because they recognize that they themselves are sinners. And if God was in fact a sinner while he was in mortality on an earth somewhere, that would give the Mormon hope that, hey, if God was a sinner and he became God and I'm a sinner— it means that I also can become a god. Of course, the problem is, is in order to achieve that godhood, you have to overcome all those sins. You have to stop doing that. That's what repentance is all about, and you have to keep all the commandments. So we have to assume, in the Mormon context, that even though the god of Mormonism, when he was a mortal man, may have been a sinner, and there's nothing definitive on that in Mormon teaching, except the fact that we have the Lorenzo Snow couplet, which gives the impression that he could have been, as man is, God once was, well, what am I as a man? I am a sinful man. So I could assume that God was, but he would have to have overcome those sins in order to achieve that perfection in Godhood that he has now. But let's just turn that last part around the faculties, powers, and susceptibilities of its parent. I mean, that's not something that 
I, I am nowhere near the, the last part of this of this statement, the faculties, powers, and susceptibilities of its parent. I, my susceptibilities, God never had, and God never will have. I am a created being, made in the image of God, but not in the same way that my weaknesses are God's weaknesses. We will again be looking at Mr. Satterfield's class and the notes that he has for his students and to see just exactly what it is that Mormon students are being taught at Brigham Young University. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as the Mormon Church, is a huge topic of interest among many Bible-believing Christians who want to reach their LDS friends and loved ones with the biblical message of hope and grace. If you're a Christian who wants to be better informed about the beliefs of the Mormon people, Mormonism Research Ministry wants to be a resource for you. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has worked hard to clearly articulate Mormon doctrine and history in order to better understand the issues that separate Mormonism from the Christian faith. At MR mrm.org, you'll find links to hundreds of articles as well as dozens of videos that will effectively educate you on this fascinating topic. Should your church need a live presentation? Simply contact MRM and schedule one of our several PowerPoint presentations that have helped thousands of Christians better understand the beliefs of their LDS neighbors. To schedule MRM at your church, write us at mrm.org or call 801-572-2153. Let MRM help you become a confident ambassador for Christ.